Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, and my co-host once again, Miss Lynn Evans, is off. I am really, I said before, she's really, really pushing the envelope, Marianne Moran <laughs> Savakinas. She's pushing it. But she is off. I think she's in Texas somewhere, so I hope she's her. having a good time. And sitting in for Lynn is my dear friend, as I just said, Mary Ann Moran Savakinas, who is the executive director of the uh, Lackawanna Historical Society. Mary's going to talk a little bit about what's going on with that wonderful organization. But first, we're going to banter a bit. And then we also have Robin Medeiros. Robin is in at the last segment for ERA One Source Realty as the guest expert this week. So we are the three gals in the room talking a lot about a lot of different things. And... First and foremost, Marianne, we have lots happening at the um, Historical Society. And most notably, I'd like to talk about um, last week, the day after Thanksgiving, we had the um, historical marker in the right on the premise, right on the grounds of the Historical Society for late Governor uh, Scranton. So can we talk a little bit about that and how that all happened? (laughs) It was very exciting. Um, The Lackawanna Historical Society wanted to do something. um, This was back in December. We wanted to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the city in a special way. And I thought, maybe we could nominate a marker and had a wonderful intern who went through the nomination form, put it in. It was due in December, so we made it just in time. And then uh, Governor Markers for governors of states of Pennsylvania are often um, kind of pushed through because it's it's an easy honor. You know that the governor was important because he was the governor of the state. So um, the marker was accepted immediately, and then we had to make a plan to um, install the marker. So what we wanted to do is work with the Scranton family, so we contacted the Scranton office and asked uh, if they could find out from the family where they would want the marker to be placed. It could be placed anywhere um, that represents Governor Scranton's life. And we were kind of thinking somewhere near the estate would be nice because Mm -hmm. that um, the building looks beautiful right now. I don't know if many people have been over to the campus of the university, but right now the estate is kind of restored to its beautiful uh, visual. I just saw it the other day. Sure. It is. It's lovely. dedication. Lovely. Um, So we contacted Governor Scranton's family and they said, you know what? Put it near the estate, but use the Lackawanna Historical Society's property because Governor Scranton cared about the Historical Society and they wanted to make that known as well. So 
Then we had to pick a date. Now, this was all kind of approved in March, and we looked at dates, and you need at least a month and a half to get a marker going. And uh, we went back and forth with the Scranton family, and as they found out about it, all of the, the children of Governor Scranton really wanted to be part of the event. So the best date they came up with, which they <laughs> notified us in September, was the day after Thanksgiving, yeah. which is kind of an unusual date to do a public program. But it made sense because that's when his children would be in town. So we set the date and then got right to it and um, you were there Lori I think Mm -hmm. it was a wonderful day it was a little rainy um, but the marker is now up it sits in front of the Catlin house across the street from the estate and it talks about Governor Scranton and what he accomplished in the 1960s when he was governor of Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and in fairness I did not get there uh, for the actual unveiling I I loved the picture of everybody didn't Marilyn use like didn't she become become clever and use an umbrella or something uh, (laughs) had a lot of ingenuity because the marker was a little higher than we thought. We tried to take the cover off. (laughs) We couldn't really reach and she said, I have an umbrella. And she was able to push it up. And it 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 looks great though. And I was happy to be, I mean, I got in on the tail end. Again, it was a crazy day with the family in, but um, I was happy to to be there. It was a very, very nice event and so well deserved. And again, like like you said, as many family members that could possibly be there. I mean, Bill, how many of his children, his brother was there? It was Bill and his wife and his brother Joseph who right. came in from Missouri. Yes. Um, Peter did not come in. He's from California and unfortunately Susan had a cold so yes, in the so end she, she couldn't could not be it. there. Yeah. And then um, William's two daughters were with right. him. Right. So Which was, that was very nice. Yeah. Now I thought Bob Roberts said he was from Kansas. He was Can- from Kansas but I think he moved to Missouri. He, well it's in the papers it was in the paper saying he lived in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. However when I met him he said I live in Kansas and I held, shook his hand and gave the old Wizard of Oz line, you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> I couldn't help myself, I had to say, and he started to laugh, but he didn't say, no, not Kansas, Kansas City, so I and don't, he is from he, Kansas, yes, uh, is that where he lived? the last time he was in, okay. um, to the Historical Society, which was, oh, probably a good 10 or 15 years ago, um, our curator, Ella Rayburn, mm-hmm. is from Kansas, and they kind of bonded oh, over their right. Kansas Ellen is roots. from Kansas. Yeah. So. And lives in the hill and loves it now, yeah. right? Yeah, I know. She's a Scranton girl now. Well, so congratulations to the Scranton family because that's a, an achievement. It's wonderful. They're, you know, it's there. It, you can read about them, and it's it's terrific. Now, I remember when Governor Casey's mm-hmm. uh, uh, marker was unveiled, and that's over on the island on um, Woodlawn, isn't Woodlawn, it? Yeah, right there near St. Clair. Yeah, I remember put that, that up was, in January. Which, that was his birthday. Yeah, I know because his birthday yeah. is the 9th when, of January. When it was, was January the, 9th. We put but it up. When which year do you remember 2011 wow, I think okay. it was a while ago that was but it was yeah. a lovely day even though it was cold it was still yeah. a nice time that, that yeah. so that's neat it's that's cool so I want to tell you guys too we we talked about this coming in I love um, of course any new business but but I have to tell you that I've been reading through the months this um, new cab company that is coming into Scranton. I get there in Clark's, they're in Wilkes-Barre and they're coming, Wilkes-Barre and they're coming to Scranton. And they take out, you know, whether it's full page ads or half page ads and and this is in the Scranton Times the other day a half page and talks about, you know, the what they've done to um, their fleet of cars and the type of cars and, and the, the sister and, and brother team who are um, 
running this company. And I just think it's really neat because I think, you know, with all these new type devices and apps for all, for, for you know, what is it, Lyft and uh, coming and we have Uber and everybody taking these cab companies, because I think we have two and now this is the third one and they're getting their requirements to, to do that. I just think it's amazing when you see people put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and tell you what they're going to do and how they're, they're going to do it. This was, right. there was an article in the paper the other day, which I tried to find before I came here, but this was in which um, the, the owner, which is Bobby Ber- Burgett, we said. I don't know. Burgett. Excuse me, Robbie. Robbie Burgett. I tried, I did call him today before I came, but I, he was out. He was going to call me back. So, but I didn't talk to him yet. And I just think this is I mean, they're taking applications for drivers, but I think it's amazing when you look and you see this because I will tell you that I don't, the only the time, the only time, I don't think I've ever been in a cab in this area, but in Philadelphia, New York, and other places, obviously you're in cabs, D.C., um, but it, locally, I, you know, I'm, I'm not. So... I think, but but friends and a, a, a dear woman friend of mine who needed to, who had an account with a cab company and would use them all the time. I can't tell you how many times I would call and the phone would ring off the hook and there would be no answer. One day I was at the Broadway Theater League office and some gentleman came in and it was teeming rain. And of course, I know it was probably busy for cabs because it was raining, but I tried for the longest time to get someone to answer the phone, to pick this gentleman up, to get him a cab, and we, it, it wouldn't happen. Or when, and then when you do call, people say the dispatchers, you know, there's rudeness on the other end of the phone or they're impolite. So today, before I decided I was going to talk about this, I called McCarthy Cabs to see if A, the phone rang and rang, and B, if, how the disposition was. And the phone was picked up in two rings. Oh. And the guy, you know, I said, oh, I'm sorry, I have the wrong number because I, what am I calling for? I'm not, oh, just to see if your disposition is okay. So <laughs> I, you know, so I thought, what the heck? So I just said, oh, I'm sorry. And he just hung up on me. There was no, no problem. Thank you. So then I called this number okay. just to see the difference. And it was a dispatcher. And he, I'm telling you, he could not have been nicer. Now I did tell him I'm calling because I just want to say I'm impressed with how this is taking place and how this application to have the, the third cab company and what you're doing and what the company's doing. And he could not be nicer. Could not be nicer. Answer the phone immediately. And I just, what I'm just, I'm just saying this because I found this to be extremely fascinating from a business standpoint, how they've done this and these ads and these telling you what they're going to do. And then, then when I started to read it today and it said that um, with his sister, Renee Hill of Westside Scranton, ah, I'm like, of course I have to call this. I don't know who they are. I don't. <laughs> and Renee may just be a transplant to Westside. I don't know that either. All I'm saying is I think it's it's terrific that they're looking to do this and invest in this town. They're already in Luzerne County. They're coming to Scranton, even though there are those, you know, those cool type, you know, um, things to do like Lyft and Uber. Right. And I think I think it's amazing. And I love the little checkerboard. It reminds you like of a, of a cab, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so I just wanted to say I think it's great. And what I think happens is competition is good. 
So when you have somebody else coming in, you're going to probably step up your game a little bit um, and have dispatchers that answer the phone that are actually have a more pleasant way about them um, because you don't know who's going to be on the other end of that phone, right? Who, or who, who they're going to call next. Where, yeah, who they're going to call next, where they're going, what your the driver's tip may be, what anything may... So the kindness, the niceness should be there when you answer, are busy or not. Yes. The first impression, I say that anytime people answer the phone, is you can tell someone is crazy. Like, I know if I call anywhere, either... You can tell if they're harried and they can't... And if I, so if I call anywhere and they don't tell me their name, I always say, I'm, I said, hi, who am I speaking to, please? And they, they start, they go, uh, uh, Cindy Lou. And they you can tell they're like already on the defense. All I want to do is address you by your name. So I always say, I'm just asking so I can... It, customer service, I think, is so crucial. And it's such a lost art. And when people actually answer a phone instead of a voicemail or a voice-recorded <laughs> stuff... Um, it's so neat to have that. So I think that's so important, those. And this, I found when I called, was exactly what I got based on what I've been reading. And then when I picked up the phone and called him, and I hope to have a conversation with him later in the day and talk to Robbie about it, but I just think it's great. So Don't I you just, think it's coming back, though? What, that the cabs? That, touch, oh, personal that, um, t- Yeah, I would hope. I hope so. Being courteous, it's a different it's a yeah. different ball game now, I think, when you call places. Well, you can't help but have these uh, a voicemail or sometimes if things are too big, you have to do that. Uh, but call people back. Yes. And 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 I, I'm much better on the phone than I am on email because my business, I'm not in front of a desk all day, okay? I'm running around here to there everywhere. So the phone becomes my computer it becomes my everything i'd rather have a conversation than email or anything else because when i tell you it's coming across the way i want it to be said and not the way you think it is because it's a written word versus the spoken word then again with the spoken word as we just talked about before some people who listen take things the wrong way or don't listen to the whole story or come in halfway like say you say something on radio for instance oh i don't know why i'm talking about that but say you say something on radio and <laughs> you have they someone's listening and they turn you on right as you're saying it they didn't hear what you said prior to so it's always good to sort of listen to what you're saying and own it and i'm talking about this because i actually called and said who i was there's a problem with people when they won't say things they hide behind a letter or other things because they're afraid to put their name to something want to complain and moan and you know all the things that they don't like but they're afraid to you know write a letter when they write a letter they don't sign their name or put a return how do you respond to people like that you can't so um that just is something we'll talk about at another show but anyway (laughs) we are going to take a very quick break so anyway good luck to this cab company burgett to robbie burgett and his company good luck to them and we're going to take a really quick break you're listening this morning to laurie and lynn show we'll be right back here's laurie and lynn
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn's show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my dear good friend Lynn Evans is not in today. So sitting in her place is the lovely Marianne Moran Savakinis. She is the executive director of the Lackawanna Historical Society. And Robin Medeiros is in for ERA, who will be in in the next segment. But we're all sort of blabbing about nice things and rude things and holiday times and niceness on phones and all those things. <laughs> so, um, and Merritt, we were talking about um, you and I, about a whole bunch of things because we had our meeting. I'm on the Historical Society Board of Directors and i proud to be so. I love it. We're love proud it. to have you. And I want you to know that we talked about several things. One, we're starting this new program called History Makers yes. coming up uh, yearly now, which will start, our first one will be March 30th, 2017. And um, Mayor, let's talk a little bit about that, how the idea okay. came up and not the person, because of course I'll take credit for that, but <laughs> for the, but, but how this whole thing is going to evolve. Well, I think it, it kind of seeded out of the idea that the historical society we have some annual events that are in place that people look forward to every year um, or every other year like the hill house tour or dinner by design or um, even our holiday open house we have things that happen on an annual basis but we don't have a real special kind of marking thing that we wanted to, to come up with so the idea came up just from conversations with different board members and volunteers that wouldn't it be nice to acknowledge someone who had made uh, great strides in a certain field and that we could call it history makers and we could put an exhibit together on that individual and pay tribute to them with a special event whether it be a cocktail party or a luncheon or some sort of gathering where people could come in learn about that person's contributions to Lackawanna County and the country if, if they've gone that far and we hope most of the ones that we select will have made national if not international uh, contributions and then um, it evolved into selecting a person um, and who we would start with and that was your baby so uh, you picked the person and we're going to look in uh, March 30th and plan a special event around that um, with some sort of proclamation to honor the history maker of 2017 and then every year honor someone in Lackawanna County's history and then keep track of them so that we could put a little bio together kind of a little bit of bouncing off of the 150th people that were in the Scranton Times obviously mm -hmm. there was 150 people who have made major contributions to Lackawanna County just through that um, series of articles but we want to take it a step further and make it continue into perpetuity I hope. Mm -hmm. And and so the, the chosen, the first person will be uh, Chief Justice Michael uh, Egan. My, uh, Judge Egan was uh, my children. He would be their great-grandfather. Um, their dad's mom was Chief Justice Egan's only and oldest daughter. And uh, she had, was passed away before my children were born. It was a couple months after I got married, actually, that mm -hmm. she passed. And she was the only daughter, and he has three sons who are... Um, you know, um, around, and we will hopefully get as many people as we can there the day of from the family and talk a little bit about the contributions that um, Mike Egan made in our community and what he's done and where he he got to from a very, very young age in politics to becoming the um, Chief Justice of the state of Pen the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. So it's a big, big honor, big deal. 
And um, I personally can say that I, um, having known him um, prior to getting married, and then obviously once we were married, um, he he was always the sweetest guy in the world. He, I absolutely loved him. And when we went to visit him, his house was up on Taylor Avenue in the hill. And he would, he would be seated in a, like a, like a recliner type chair. And mm-hmm. next to him were, was like an old fashioned, um, uh, TV tray, you know, those okay. sort of metal top yep. trays with the gold kind of um, design on it. You think about it, you, they're, they're all antique looking mm-hmm. things. So anyway, on this table would be all different kinds of candy in bags <laughs> rolled down, like the bags would be rolled down so it was easy to put your hand in the bag. And as the bag got lower, <laughs> it would be rolled down lower, nicely and, and tastefully rolled down, <laughs> but rolled down nonetheless where you could pick the candy. And he would add all different kinds of, like, you know, gummy candies, like a, you know, green leaves and, and orange leaves and just things like that he would sit because he loved sweets, loved to eat candy. And I guess ice cream was another one of his big things but the beauty of it was and I always remember um my ex-husband would talk about him as a grandpa, you know, what he was like. And he said he would always ask, you know, how about those Dodgers? And how about, do you want ice cream? Do you want this? Like, it was always a fun sort of grandpa. Engaging. Of engaging yeah. and talking about sports and things that kids liked. Nice. So those kind of memories um, he had had of his grandpa. And then when I met him, I just, you know, fell, fell in love with him, too. He was just the kindest, most gentle man. And I just used to love going in there because it would, come on, have some candy have some and and you know you think that here's this man with all these accomplishments and he's sitting in his in his humble way in the hill section in his house with the bags of brock's candy and whatever just it's just it was just so heartwarming so i have always adored him and um and you know then having two children and and both boys and they never had the opportunity to meet him i just think when it was when we talked about it we think what has really been done right. to um, preserve his memory? And I think we need to start with that. I think that's he a is, significant He's an individual person. that's come up time and time again about having something done mm-hmm. to, to sure honor him. Sure he did, but it just so, never really yeah. was done. So yeah. that's why I think we got it. So this time we're making it happen for him. So. Permanent, yep. I think it's going to be a good one. And also, so look forward to that. We'll hear more about that in the co- upcoming months. It's a, a good four months away, but three months. No, four, right? Three, four. Coming up, yeah, it'll be the 30th. That's right, it's just November. Okay, so four months, so look for it. It'll be, do do the quick math, Laurie. Um, (laughs) But Mayor, also we have, we're nearing the end of the capital campaign for the Historical Society, and um, that is, we're doing pretty well with that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, things are moving. You have a little bit more, you're nearing that crucial moment. We are, but we're, we're, officially in the last month of the campaign and we're just under $65,000 left to raise. So um, we um, are actually going through the punch list with the electrician this week so that's kind of exciting because that was the the final phase of work was getting all those bits and pieces put together and um, we're going to be doing a little bit more of a hard drive at the end of the year just to get some of that additional funding in Um, but we're in good shape and the house is looking great. Um, All of the lights work, all of the wires are 
together like they and, should well, let's be. talk about what this campaign was about it was very it was a very doable campaign it was was it half a million it dollars was. it was right? just well originally it was just over 500 when the um bids came in mm-hmm. we ended up a about i mean 60,000 less okay i want to say so so so, so we're looking still, at about a half a mil which is very doable for us but and, nice yeah it was a big yeah. deal but most of it is also then to preserve and to have climate control it's so important because I mean, of the artifacts yeah. that are held within that that beautiful home yeah, it's, it's Mer- we needed that there was no air no air conditioning right. for the first 50-some years of right. its existence, or I'm sorry, 100 years of its existence. Um, and now we have air conditioning, we have climate control, the house is zoned, so our storage areas are almost a bit nippy because a little colder <laughs> is better for the it's artifacts. Right, yeah. um, and it's comfortable if you come into a program and you're seated in the hallway with 30 or 40 other people, you're not dying because it's too hot or freezing because it's too cold, the temperature is good, and all of the lights work, which is huge because we had historic lighting for <laughs> a long time yeah. and we didn't have um, really exhibit friendly lighting and now our second floor is all um, nice spotlighting that we can focus on different exhibits and so it's it's a good improvement not just for the people who visit the house or the people who work there but for the artifacts themselves and I think it will ensure their preservation for hopefully another hundred years plus. yeah I think it's um, I think it's amazing and and the fact that we are um, now able to do that because I know from how the how many years if we now our board meetings are at the end of the night like they used to be at five now they're at 530 mm-hmm. so when you go in there it's dark and when you would have those original chandeliers in the light it was oh. very very difficult yeah. to, to even it's see. not real user friendly not at all <laughs> I mean it, so all of these old you know antiquated ways were still existing there the house is absolutely magnificent mm-hmm. and then you but with that comes all the old stuff so that was why it was you know it was so needed for this house to get up to the what century are we in now mayor 20 well the reason i'm asking marianne that question is because she lives in another century so that's why i'm i'm I'm, right mayor this is true there you go i never wanted to move beyond the 19th so now so we're doing well with that so we have a little push if anyone's thinking about it and needs a last you know donation uh, it's a great time of year to donate to your favorite charity lackawanna historical society should be it and hopefully think about it because we're nearing the end of that and that's going to be huge for us so um and then we have this upcoming uh week we have the or maybe a little bit more than that what is it seventh and eighth friday december 9th and right we have the the eighth is members members night and then the ninth is the general public open house and it's it's i always like to think of it as the best way to kick off the holiday season because you now you just made fun of me for living in the last century but you get to step back in time you get to go to a place and celebrate Christmas in a very traditional way and I was telling Robin before about um, our Santas we have uh, one of our members Kurt Reed has lent us 181 Santa Clauses so they're all over the house and it's kind of a little whimsy and fun that you can walk through the house now and where there might be a Civil War exhibit um, you'll see a bugle that was used during the Civil War and behind it you'll see three musical Santas so we basically took the Santas and incorporated them into our regular exhibits and so that way people can look for the Santas and then learn a little bit more about history and appreciate some of those wonderful collections. That's even great for just kids to go in. Oh, there that and place. And how about, I saw Sarah Pacini on Mike Channel Seeds. 16 mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. I was somewhere and it was on. Yeah. 
And I thought that, and all those Santas are great. If that didn't want to make you go to the Historical Society to see that, I don't know what would, because they are adorable. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and they're all different. Mayor, how many yeah. do we have? 181. There's all over the all place. over the place. There are big ones. There's little ones. There's old ones. There's new ones. There, you know, some are crocheted out of yarn by the the, the Linder's uh, grandmother made one. I think um, there's a couple of um, like mechanical ones that move. I, I think that was on the Mike Stevens show where Santa's kind of picking up his bag of toys and looking into it, like the old department store window kind yes. of Santas. We have some of those, um, not necessarily as big as the window ones, but the same company that made those. Made those these. used to be a great part of everybody's childhood. Uh, when yeah. you were young, way back when. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's kind of lost a little bit, I think. Um, but this this Friday night at the Catlin House, when people come in, and we've watched um, generations come in. It's kind of one of their holiday traditions. And they won't come to the Historical Society at all for the rest of the year, but they want to come in, have some eggnog, walk around the house. And we also, on Friday night, have a special visitor. And the man himself will be there in his red bag. So. Well, think about those things for the Historical Society and, and go if you can or make a donation for, you know, the end of the year. And, Mary, you know, do you think if, if we had uh, Louisa May Alcott around, she would be, wouldn't she be part of the Historical Society? Well, I think she is. <laughs> yeah, well, she is. But, you know, I think the thing is, we I, I, yeah. uh, the other day was her 184th birthday. And yes. when you hit Google, you, it showed her face. And I loved it mm-hmm. because, of course, she is the author of Little Women. And and she um, she also penned Little Men and Joe's Boys. She takes she pl- she writes loosely based on her own life as Joe. And it's saying here, which I think is really neat. In addition to writing classics, Alcott was known for her progressive ideas around feminism and was an abolitionist. Is ab- uh, how do you say that? Abolitionist. Abol- abolitionist. Excuse me, I, I I didn't read it right. Working as a nurse as in a Union hospital during the beginning of the Civil War. Growing up, Alcott's home was the station for the Underground Railroad. And I just think. It's so neat because when you think of it, I don't know if you remember Little Women, but that was the first book my mother gave mm-hmm. me with Beth and Joe and Amy and Meg and, of course, the the boy whose name was Laurie, spelled just like mine. And I used to think, Mom, this is a boy and his name was the same name as me. But so anyway, read the oh, book. Give it to, to your daughters, your but sons. But she's coming. She's but, coming on March 19th to the Catlin House. Is she? Yes. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea. That's why I'm just saying. I just love this. So read the book. And I had Madame Alexander dolls and all of... Oh. Um, um, the little women and I love them and then they disintegrated because it, they were there for so long but mm. um, bad climate yes so anyway thank you just pay attention I'm going to talk about a lady every year and every time every week now trying to give some information about women and what they've done for us so okay we're going to take a real quick break we'll be right back you're listening to Laurie and Lynn show here's Laurie and Lynn Welcome back, everybody. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a PR, how about that, fundraising PR and special event business. <laughs> See, I'm thrown by, Mary, what am I thrown by the word? Abolitionist. 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 I said abolition. I make up my own words. Abolitionist. Anyway, we are here as our guest expert today with the lovely Robin Medeiros, who is uh, with ERA One Source Realty. Robin has been with ERA for the last 
eight years. She has a realtor's license now for 11 years, and she's also a board member of the Greater Scranton Board of Realtors, which just was actually newly elected, or yes. were you, uh, is this a re- reoccurring it's term? It's a continuation. Okay. You get elected for two years. This will be my second term. Okay. So. Perfect. So Robin won. So yay, yay, yay. <laughs> and so Robin does great work. We know that because if she didn't, Sunita and Nisha wouldn't have said, Robin, do you want to go for us today? <laughs> so here she is. Robin's been with us before. Robin herself and Mayor, you, maybe she told you, maybe she didn't. Free to say this because we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Robin is a lung cancer survivor, um, has been through hell and back. Mm-hmm. And look at her. That's great. We're doing good. Isn't she beautiful? Yes. And she's amazing. And her story has been told many times. But um, I say, it's still fair to say that Robin will be the first to tell you that working for ERA when she was and the love and the care that came from the top on down was unbelievable Absolutely. to you and all of your your um, uh, your getting through your whole treatments and just in healing in general, Robin. Right. It's a long process, and to have so many people behind you, it's just phenomenal. I know. Mm. It helps you get through it. Well, that's because of the way you are. And Well, they understand, too. When you don't want to talk, you don't want to talk. When you're down and out, they send you a message that says, you know, just keep on going. We're good. There you go. So good luck to you, my dear. And then so let's talk a little bit about because we, as we know, we're going to talk, but the winter is coming and the house is on the market and some people have this crazy idea that, hey, should I pull it off since it didn't sell yet? Should, what should we do? So from, from your standpoint, from Nisha's, from Sunita's, ERA, Mm -hmm. Robin, what's the answer to that question? Because you know, everybody asks that. Right. And you know what? Greater Scranton Board of Realtors keep the statistics on all of this and 20% of the houses have dropped out of the market in this third quarter and um, I wouldn't do it if I were a homeowner you have people who are relocating Um, in the winter time it seems that they're not window shopping anymore like they do during the spring and the summer they're not uh, going into dozens of houses they're doing their research on the internet and they're going into the homes that are for sale they're buying quicker And a lot of people move. People think that they don't relocate. They do. There's a lot of first quarter uh, relocations for companies and whatnot. People have to move in the winter. What makes it nice is if your home is on the market, you're one of the few because everybody is under the assumption you should remove it and you shouldn't. Okay. Um, So the choices are less, but the buyers are still buying. They have to buy. They have to move. So um, it makes your house more appealing. You have a better rate of selling your house. Um, because the inventory is so low. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. You think, Robin, a lot of that has to do with they think it's sort of been stale sitting around and now's a time I should maybe jump off and then I can get a whole new number and it looks like a whole new listing. Yes. Do you think there's some full, that that's the thought process? It used to be the premise for it, but it's not now, only because everybody's so much smarter when it comes to the Internet listings. Um, they know how to look at how many days that house was on the market, if it was on the market before. Um, so you're not fooling anyone anymore. Uh-huh. anymore. It's, it's the way it is. So I, if, I'm, if I had to suggest it, I would say leave it on the market, see what you can do. Um, there's less inventory, and a lot of houses sell in the winter. Yeah. Um, they actually have gone up because of the percentage of houses on the market. You'll get a higher percentage that sell because there are less houses on the market. Hmm. So. so 
it, because it's winter, is the philosophy just, do you think, that people think no one's going to buy a house in the winter because of the snow they and they don't. don't, it's the last thing they're thinking of, when in all honesty, I know from having done this for so many years, you would think that Christmas or Christmas Eve or the day before Thanksgiving or any holiday mm-hmm. that people are thinking, uh, oh, I, I don't want, <laughs> uh, we're, let's forget, sell. I'm not interested in going looking for a house. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> Robin, how yeah, many people call are. and say, I still want to get into this they house are. or get... This it is a little change. bit slower of a time between slower, Thanksgiving and December, but they still do it. Yeah. Because they're not going to... They're going to sign a contract and they're going to move after the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to rip down decorations no, exactly. in the middle of Christmas. Exactly. But I moved. I moved from another state and I moved in in February. Um, I had to drag kids out of school, but we were relocating, so we had no choice. Right. And... This area is really big for that. There's a lot of people who move into the area all the time Mm -hmm. for different businesses, hospitals, whatnot. So they have to move when they have to move. And so you never know then who's going to pop in that needs a home, that your home may be the perfect one for them. You don't have to keep up your yard work in the wintertime. It's a little easier. It really is. (laughs) And you're only getting the most serious buyers coming in in the wintertime. They're really looking to to buy a house. They're not going to go out in this cold weather. Just to look. To look. Even with open houses and stuff. No. Most people aren't bundling up, oh, let's go see what my neighbor's curtains, the, you know, drapes or whatever look yes. like. I'm going to, you know, it, you're, you, most people aren't going to do that. No. They, I agree. They are more serious. Yeah. yeah. Outside. And it's snowing. And you're trudging through the snow to look at the backyard. Um, if you have to move, you have to move. You're doing yourself a disservice if you take your house off. Um, you're limiting yourself. And I would say one other thing is to just make your house available. Don't ever say no. Um, to someone coming to look at it mm-hmm. because there, there goes your buyer. Mm-hmm. And what happens, I think, with buyers, uh, sellers, excuse me, is that when, even though we always tell you we will give you a 24-hour notice or that is the standard to show the property, there's plenty of times that someone may be out driving down the street, see the sign and think, I would love to see that house. I can go now. Let me call the agent and yes. find out or let me call my agent and find out. That happens. And so we have mm-hmm. to as agents and as your listing agent you are trying to sell that home we have to make that call and say right. listen i know we said 24 hours but is there is is there a way we can get in you have to be a little flexible and if you can't perfectly understandable right. but we have to ask the question mm-hmm. can we come in and not just say to the person who calls oh i'm sorry we have a 24-hour notice you have to at least make the attempt because yes. then it's the buyer who says yay or nay and then you know you've done your job people think well i told it's 24 hours i know but i'm trying to sell your house and this is a phone call I got. right and that goes Make to what accessible. you just said be available yeah i've even done that with clients in the car um driving through a neighborhood to show them a house they didn't like that particular house and as we're driving down the street they see another one i've called the agent right there and said gee is there any possible yep. way we uh-huh. could just float in there quick let uh-huh. them take a look right they like this neighborhood they're going to buy in this neighborhood this could be it yeah so yeah, there's, it's, we're always, there's always that education, that, you know, that, or the educational piece that you, you have to try to do with, 
with buyers and sellers and 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 sometimes the way a buyer's mind works is just is fleeting it's just like let's make it happen or it's immediate or what it, it can be this it, you're you're one way or the other with them mm-hmm. so and the springtime comes in when that comes in you get a flood of all these houses mm. that go on the market i know so it's a lot harder for these buyers to make to a make decision because the more house they see yes. here's what happens then they say i wish because i don't know if you watch those hgtv those all those shows now yes. some of them i watch all the time and others drive me crazy because there's just no way that that happens in real no. life like the exact amount comes in or they do it's just some of it's just too you know over the top right. but okay so but what I probably lost my whole train of thought but the point the point is with these with all of these type shows I think it's making people more aware because now they see it they watch it they understand more with the internet with the shows that are there what can be done how you what you can do with these houses and and they they are looking they're a little more um, thoughtful about oh you know what I would like this house because now I think we could do what I saw last night on TV what if we have something like that I have a visual Right. right. Visually, they see because they watch it and say, okay, I think I can do that. Yes. And I think that makes it more exciting for houses and more um, houses are easier to sell yes. when you can look beyond it. Because most people you go and you say, okay, just think about it. Some people can't look that way. They only see what they see. They can't. Um, envision what it could be. Mm-hmm. Right now, they well, have a little bit Well, and that's part better. of our job too. You know, when we walk in a house, I want my client to get the best buy, the sure. best house for them. So if it takes time, it takes time. You need to just be patient, but you have to give them a vision too. When you walk in, sometimes they can't visualize it, right. and they'll say to me, "What do you think?" You know, and you just say, "Well, you know, you could do this or you could do that," and. Um, it, it, to make it work for them and those shows are great for let showing them yeah. that they they can see what they can do with these properties exactly the only unrealistic thing about those shows is a lot of those shows they'll say okay we have this much money to fix it up yeah and, and they, that, they only show you the rooms that they fixed ex- up they don't show you the rooms the that they that's, that's exactly what i think <laughs> what did you do with the other rooms are they a mess the like, house I, is a mess <laughs> yeah, i know it drives me crazy too but robin um Tell everybody, too, because of your position on the board, I think it's so important to, to know that collectively the Greater Scranton Board of Realty, Realtors are huge. There's a huge amount of people who are part of that board. And what you do on a, on a yearly basis to contribute and give back to the, the community and what is anything happening now at Christmas time that there's you may always, want to talk about? There's always fundraisers. Always. It's nonstop. It's every, every month. Um, Every, we, every office does their own, but the Scranton Board of Realtors also do their own. And um, I saw a donation just was in. Elaine was in, and Alice she's Vanston. She's fabulous, isn't she? I, I, the, oh, with that smile, she's that woman. constantly I, I collecting. Love her. I love her. But everything from Paint the Town, I thought that was one of the funnest things we ever did, was, um, was to pick a house and then go in and yeah. help paint. Well, it makes sense and, to well, put the realtors they with neighbor up on the la- up on the ladder up yeah. on the, the second ah. floor. I did you go? Do- oh, of course I went. And did you paint it? Of course I did. And did you get scared? No. I'm not, <laughs> of course no, I did. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid okay. of tight spaces. All right. Okay. Okay. So you know what? They can send someone on ground level into that little tunnel, and I'll go up on the on the roof. So. But that is the perfect pairing, isn't it's it? It's a good, the, good Going to the realtors yeah. for it that. It is. And you'd be work. surprised how many are willing to volunteer. Mm-hmm. You know, we did Toys for Tots through our office and a bunch of realtors a couple years ago, too. Um, it was amazing, the people who showed up. The Marines showed up, of oh, course. But amazing. It was amazing who showed up. I know. So they're always giving back in every way. We don't have a luncheon 
or any kind of meeting through real estate. That you're not asking that for we're donation. Not, right. We do the 50-50s, and most people will donate the money right. back. Right. And then we do it for everything. So it's, it's nice. We'll keep up the good work. That's why I'm still here, because uh, we do that volunteer work. I know. <laughs> I know. So tell everyone how they can get in touch with you if they need to, if they want to talk to you about their home, the possibility of listing or selling, or Absolutely. any questions in general about their house. Any any questions. Right. You know, people sometimes just want to know what their house is worth. Mm-hmm. And they think it's going to cost them so much money for us to tell them, no, it's free. Yeah, you could do we'll a come CMA. to a CMA mm-hmm. for you right. and tell you how much your house is worth. And then you could see if you're in a position where you can upgrade right. or whatever you want to do. Exactly. So you can always call me on my cell. It's 570-335-6513. Or you can call the Clark Summit office of ERA. I'm the only Robin there. Yeah. And the number's 570-587-9999. And ask for me. Um, and they'll put you through to me. And she'll get to you. Believe me, she will. Robin, thank you. Thank you. And have a wonderful Christmas. You too. And continued good health. And Mayor, thanks for sitting it's in good for us. Good mm-hmm. Lynn Evans, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. In the meantime, please be safe and be nice. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.